0: I'm so thankful that on the day I was saved, by God's grace, I was given the gift of the Holy Spirit, bringing to me the life of the Lord Jesus. But the day came when I understood that the Spirit wanted to do more for me and more in me. He wanted to fill me with power to be a witness for Jesus Christ. Hello folks, I'm Joe Van Hoogen and this is The Bread of Life, a radio ministry of the International Mission Church Partnership Evangelism and its associate fellowship, The Bread of Life in Boise, Idaho. Our ministry is going forward every day in countries around the world. To learn more, go to traincpe.org or breadoflifeboise.org. The baptism of the Holy Spirit was something the disciples were told to wait for. They did, and that baptism came, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So we are to wait upon God and seek the Holy Spirit's fullness as well. If the apostles needed this for their witness, we need it for ours. If you pray for revival in the church... Think about praying for the baptism of the Spirit on your life. Wait. Wait for it. I don't know what would happen if today were the day in which the Lord Jesus said to his 12 disciples, Wait. Wait for the pouring out of the Holy Spirit upon you. It happened 10 days later for them. He would have said that to us and said, all right, sometime this afternoon it's coming in. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in the next 10 minutes it's coming because he said, wait. And it might have taken us not 10 days but 10 years because God had to build in us and has to build in us what needs to work in our lives so that we treasure what it is he wants to give. And so that when it comes to us, we value it and immediately implement it into our lives. With all that said, I want to quickly share with you what must take place in our own lives for this seeking and this waiting for the baptism of the Holy Spirit to, in a sense, reach where it needs to reach, for us to be positioned for God to pour out the Spirit upon us. And we referred to it in the illustration of a little boy with his puppy. And it's first this. First, Spirit, as you wait and as you seek, cultivate in your life, in your seeking, a deep want. Cultivate in your life, in your seeking, a deep want. The Lord Jesus had told his disciples that he was going away from them, but that he was going to come and he was going to be with them through the presence of his Holy Spirit. He actually told them, It's better that I go away because if I don't go away, I can't send my Spirit to you. And he's going to come and he's going to bring my life and he's going to be with you and he's going to be in you. And this is going to be even an improvement from the experience that we've had with one another over these last three or four years. It's going to be better than this. And then the Lord Jesus ascended into heaven, telling them to wait in Jerusalem until that promised spirit was poured out upon them. And as he was departing, and they couldn't hardly take their eyes off of heaven and the spot where they last saw him disappear in the clouds because they wanted him. They wanted his fellowship and they wanted his presence and they wanted his life. When they went back to that upper room and they began to pray and supplicate and seek the outpouring of that spirit, I tell you, above everything else, what they had was a great want. For Jesus in every way to make himself real to them. For Jesus' presence to be marked at every place and every point that they went. They wanted somehow to have in that moment the very tangible sense of his presence that they had had just before those moments. It was a great want to be with Jesus and be near Jesus and experience the presence of the Lord Jesus in outpour vibrancy. Second thing you want to cultivate in your seeking is you want to cultivate a sense of deep need. The commandment placed upon those early disciples was to proclaim the gospel to the ends of the earth. These Galileans, these fellows who were, in a sense, considered hicks in their own nation. They had to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Oh, what a tremendous task, what a tremendous responsibility, far beyond their ability. How were they to communicate this great truth even to the learned and spiritual leaders of their own nation? Those people who are far more sophisticated than they. And then to take it to the ends of the earth? This is what he's left us with? This is the command he's laid upon us? Oh, we'll need something we don't have. We'll need something. And the need began to grow in them. Began to grow in the How will take place? Well, Lord, unless you send that promised spirit upon us, will never be able to accomplish it. If you've figured out your Christian life to such an extent that you think you can effectively do it day by day on your own, you've lowered your goals. You don't have a calling big enough for what the Spirit of God would do in your life. You need to, in a sense, get hold of and lay hold of a calling in your life to live out the life of Jesus Christ and proclaim the life of Jesus Christ that's so great and so broad and so compelling that you need something more than just your own innovations are your own capacities and your own ability. You need God to expand it. And by the way, what God will do in your life as a follower of Jesus Christ is if you won't allow yourself to be caught up with the sense of this great need, God will introduce you to it one way or another. He'll take you through difficulties and hardships and trials. He'll dwindle you down in all of your own resources as He still puts before you His desires for your life. And he's faithfully doing that to push you to the point of need. God, I I need what I don't have. And I need it. I don't need your help. I don't need a boost. I don't need to kind of lift me up. I'm not like the little engine who's saying, I think I can, I think I can. God, if you can just get me over this little hill with a little extra energy. God, I'm I'm in the valley. I'll never ascend to the mountaintop of service and... Honored you, unless God, you bring me there by your power. I need you. I need all of you. I need all of your power. You're in spirit inundating me. The task is too big, and I am being exposed for all my weakness and all my inability. And I'm being exposed in all of my pettiness and all my sin. Oh, God, take over. Let that need build in your life. Study your own life to see if God is not persistently throughout your life trying to introduce you to your need of him. Here's the third thing. Cultivate with the want and with the need an expectation, an anticipation for what has been promised. For This baptism has been promised to us. In Acts chapter 2, verse 39, as Peter is preaching to the multitude before them and explaining this glad, generous outpouring from the hearts of these that are around them, the message of all that Christ has done. These Christians proclaiming Christ and drawing into their stories the great works of God from the exodus in which God led the nation of Israel out of bondage to Egypt and tying it into the great exodus that the Lord Jesus now has brought them away from their own sins. That's what these people were hearing in their own language in this miraculous, powerful way. And Peter says, now this outpouring of the Spirit and this great, powerful witness that you're seeing here, this glad, generous outpouring of the message of Jesus Christ that you're seeing from all of us, it's the gift of the Holy Spirit. We've been baptized by the Holy Spirit. It was promised to us. And then verse 39 of Acts 2, he says this, and for the promise is to you, And your children, and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. It's for you as well. I don't know about you, but if something's been a promise to you, and it's delayed in its arrival, but it's been promised, especially if you trust the one who's promised it, you begin to expect it. You wait for it. That very promise of that outpouring helps you endure as you seek it and long for it, as you wait for it, not 10 days, but maybe 10 years. But you wait for it expectantly, longing for it, knowing it's been promised to you. And you press God for it again and again. And you know in the end he's going to work it out and he's going to prepare you to do what it is he's called you to do by his outpoured spirit. So you want it, you need it, you expect it. And you let that expectancy carry you through days of seeking for it as well. Here's the fourth thing. You seek this baptism as you... Intend to act in obedience to Christ. You seek this baptism wanting it, needing it, expecting it as you intend to act in obedience to Christ. We say in our training that we give overseas, teaching people evangelism, some of the last lessons that we give are on the filling of the Holy Spirit to empower us in the ministry. And we teach people that the Holy Spirit fills us at the point of intended action. We've said, you know, there are a lot of churches in which they sing a lot of songs and they pray for God to make His presence known and His Spirit to come down. And we say oftentimes what you'll discover is the reason that the Spirit of God is not coming in power upon the church is because God knows they're not intending to do anything with it. They just want it as a, an additional experience for their life to make them feel good about themselves so they can put that in their advertisement. More people can come to our church if they know the Spirit is here. Right? But they're not intending to take it and drive them into a life of obedience and holiness and drive them out into the witness for Jesus Christ. And so, so often, what limits it is, God knows if you're intending to do something with it. God fills us at the point of intended action. Acts chapter one tells us of these early disciples that went away from the place where the Lord Jesus had ascended. And just before he went away, the Lord Jesus said, you tarry in Jerusalem until you receive power, for it shall come upon you not many a days hence. I'm going to send it, but you've got to wait for it, and you've got to seek for it. And they went back to the upper room, and they began praying and asking and supplicating that God would send it. But we read what they were planning for as they were praying and seeking for this outpouring of the Spirit upon them. At that time, Peter stood up among them and said, you know, listen, Judas has died. Judas betrayed the Lord. It was prophesied that he should betray the Lord, and he's died, and yet now we need to replace him. And we need to find another individual among us that can replace Judas and be a part of the ranks. And there are a number of individuals who think that Peter was getting ahead of himself, that that was really not something he should have been doing at that time because God had a different apostle in mind and it wasn't the one they chose, it was Paul. Well, I don't want to get into that argument. I don't know what the answer to that is. I don't know if that's the case or not. But but here's what I want you to see. I want you to see that In this, they were planning for something. Look at Acts chapter 1. And let's look at verses 21 and 22. Acts 1, 21 and 22. Here's what Peter says. As they're getting ready to choose somebody and as they're selecting those that they're going to choose. Therefore, of these men, those who are with them, who have accompanied us all the time that Jesus went in and out among us, Beginning from the baptism of John, when the Lord Jesus was baptized by John and the dove came down and anointed him. From that time, people who witnessed that occasion, to that day when he was taken up from us in his ascension. One of these must become a witness with us of the resurrection. One of these must become a witness with us of the resurrection. As they're praying for the Holy Spirit to come and baptize them and fill them, as they're waiting in Jerusalem, what are they intending to do? They're intending to go out as witnesses, powerful witnesses of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And they're lining up and they're organizing those who will provide the leadership for that role and that mission. So they're getting ready for the action. They're getting ready for the intended service that the Lord Jesus has given them. Well, seek the baptism. Wait for it so that you'll want it and you'll need it as a desperate desire and you'll see and expect it as a promise that God has given to you. Oh God, why not yet? Why not yet? You promised it to me. And all that, intend to act. Plan out your action. I would say begin carrying it out, some of it. Sometimes the Spirit comes to us in the last moment before we step into our acts of obedience, sometimes a few moments into it, it comes to enable us and empower us. A work of the Spirit that is more. A work of the Spirit that is mighty in the Christian and not to be assumed upon, but sought for. Sought as a great want and a great need. Sought as a promise. Called out upon as an expectation. Sought with a commitment to Intention to obey and live out a witness to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why God makes us wait. That's why God makes us wait. Thanks for listening to the Bread of Life, a ministry of church partnership evangelism and the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. I want to extend to you a welcome to join our worship every Sunday at 11 a.m. in the Old White Church at 1023 East State Street in the Warm Springs area of Boise. To learn more, go to breadoflifeboise.org and follow the links. Until the next time, may God bless you.